Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is C.M. Alexander with the news. The carnival season has returned to dairy. Earlier today, all of us here at the studio went to play some games and eat some great food before the weekend rush. Ben won a stuffed bear, I won a goldfish, and Josh won a doll with no eyes or mouth. Yet somehow we can tell it is still his visage. I wonder if this will make editing easier. You are listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Yo, constant readers. And today, we are continuing our coverage of Thinner, which was a Patreon selection from Kevin Sundstrom. And in this episode, we will be covering the movie Thinner. If you've not seen it, spoilers ahead, and we have CM leading our discussion. CM, take it away. Thanks, Josh. This movie was released in 1996, so if you haven't seen it, why? <laughs> <laughs> it costs four dollars. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few reasons why people might not have seen it. <laughs> oh no. Okay, before we dive into the plot and how it differs, I want to talk about the director and some of the actors because these are a lot of very well-known people who have done amazing things during the course of their careers. So, Thinner is directed by Tom Holland, who directed Fright Night. Oh, excellent. Child's Play. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and the holy grail, the Langoliers. <laughs> <laughs> you guys laugh, but I love that movie. <laughs> I, I do. I honestly, I love the Langoliers. God. It's great. It's starring Robert John Burke, who is, okay, he is not Michael Keaton. and he is, <laughs> That is true. He is not Peter Weller. Yep. But he was in RoboCop 3 as RoboCop. <laughs> I was getting really hard, like, Michael Keaton, Peter Weller vibes if they had a baby. He was also, you guys will appreciate this, in Sex and the City. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. oh he played Samantha. Cool. <laughs> oh. he, has, he has range. That's why he had so much sex appeal. That makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> Lucinda Jenny played Heidi, and I don't personally recognize her but she's a very prolific tv actress been in a ton of things bethany joy lens plays linda she's also one tree hill okay in a lot of (laughs) tv shows joe montagna plays janelli and we know him as fat tony from the simpsons that's right yep oh i forgot about that okay that blew my mind i this (laughs) is the first time i think i've ever watched a movie with you guys and not pulled up the imdb yeah that's a record-breaking okay this is nuts because for a dumb bad movie based off of a dumb bad book that i don't really like that much really like this movie (laughs) i don't know why So we also have Carrie Werner, and she does a ton of voice acting. She's been a lot of Batman stuff. Michael Constantine, he plays Tattoos. Oh, Carrie played Gina. And he was in... Yeah, she did. Oh, no. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. (laughs) And a lot of things in the 60s. Josh was horny on Maine during this whole fucking movie. (laughs) She's just so beautiful. (laughs) I mean, she is. is. Yeah, Josh was fun to watch this with (laughs) (laughs) it's funny 
<laughs> you say that that we're starting off with all of these actors because I did not know a single one of them. No? No. Uh, <laughs> other than the guy that played the cop, who was the drill sergeant from Malcolm in the Middle. Only person in this movie <laughs> that I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy. And also, I never want di- to disrespect uh, working actors, but your claim that there was a lot of great acting in this movie, <laughs> I... <laughs> respectfully disagree (laughs) in a good way there were some acting choices this is going to be where my diehard horror fandom comes through again and completely blinds me (laughs) (laughs) to the truth although i like the way we kick this off Mm -hmm. they really made a bold move here they went from a handy to a blowy. Also, really the most important yeah. part. <laughs> Good of- for Big Dick Billy. <laughs> Good for him. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> ahead. Oh, no. oh. God, I wish that had been intentional. <laughs> All right. So what we are referring to for our listeners is we open with the scene of Billy and Heidi driving. This is the... Hit and well, not hit and run. Hit scene. <laughs> the vehicular manslaughter scene. Yes, and they are celebrating because Billy won his case, and Heidi decides to um, first berate him for being overweight and eating too much, and then she softens it, which I think in a really nice way. She's like, "Listen, I will give you a hand job," and the hand job turns into a blowjob. <laughs> That's not it. She was bribing him for sure. I don't even know where to begin. Is that not with this analogy? How you get people to do stuff? (laughs) This isn't where our movie starts. I swear to Christ, this scene happened a half an hour. (laughs) The beginning of this movie is kind of slow because we get a lot of chubby nerd. You guys. You were right. <laughs> yeah. I thought it opened with this, and I no. just watched it with you. Yeah, we start with a weigh-in. Yeah. Uh, we we start with Billy doing the whole routine. We actually see him emptying his pockets. It's great. And getting on the scale and clocking in at, what, over 300 or whatever. Yeah, a little over three. Mm-hmm. Which is where I want to start with the, the, the makeup. The, uh, the Jiminy Glick co- cosplay. <laughs> Not, Pretty good. Yeah, yeah not bad. For 1996. Yeah, absolutely. 1,000% looks like Jiminy Glick, though. Yeah. I feel like Jiminy Glick ripped off that style because it's <laughs> it's so over the top. and but, but for the time, I think it's a pretty great design for the, the fat costume. It, it's buyable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get this family's best Italian impression. <laughs> <laughs> They were really going for it. They were. So Billy goes downstairs and everybody's having breakfast and we're getting that that family back and forth. And this is where we find out that he just won this case for Janelli and he's very excited about it. So And everyone tries a Brando impression. Yeah. To I, varying success. It, it was fun. We we talked about during the movie that Billy actually has some charm here. Mm-hmm. I think I know why that is. Why is that? Because Thinner is a Bachman book. The movie is a Stephen King movie. That's an insane sentence, and you are 100% correct. 
that actually brings yes. up what I wanted to talk about kind of towards the end, but we can just start oh. now because this movie was not well received. It's like generally been given about two stars and I don't think it deserves those two stars because the reason it's given them and not more is that people are just not into this like dark, depraved story with this shitty quote unquote protagonist. Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation covering the book that it's a Bachman book. So we are not going to like Billy or really anybody else in this. Everybody's everybody sucks. Mm -hmm. And I think doing that on screen is really hard to pull off for, you know, just general audiences. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's for the best because in the book, when we start out with him already worried about the curse, he's a pretty unlikable guy mm -hmm. right away. And it doesn't give us the arc that this seems to have of we start out and he's just kind of a doof. Robert John Burke, it's very big mm -hmm. he plays the character so big and it's likable you're like oh it's just a, a, He's a goofy teddy bear. dude who's apparently never had his penis touched before <laughs> they have a daughter uh, it must be from a previous marriage oh, no. Be <laughs> we're we're gonna get to that yeah. glorious scene <laughs> But in the meantime, we are introduced to, or we just see kind of from a distance, the Lemke family right away in what I thought was pretty cool bit. We have Billy coming into work and the carnival area is kind of like right in front of his office. Yeah, for some so in the park across the street. Yeah. yeah, it's like a town center. Yeah. And he's taking the stairs. I'm like, go, good, good for you. He's he's just trying to exercise any way he can. Elevator's broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. He he does when he gets upstairs and he's huffing and puffing, he does a lot of eye acting and <laughs> a lot of pretty good fat acting. <laughs> or fat ting. No, that doesn't work at all. He does have yeah, the face prosthetics mm -hmm. and he, and I I wondered if that's why his he was emoting so hard because he was acting through that makeup. Maybe it was hard to do that. I don't know. But yeah, I, I would I did feel a good like job. that could be challenging. I felt like that was a good ex explanation until later on when <laughs> he does not have the as much prosthetics. Uh, he still has a bad case of floppy neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he eventually loses the prosthetics. Not a smaller performance. Uh, no, it just right, yeah. it just gives him Batman voice. <laughs> That's why he was giving me Michael Keaton vibes. That, that yeah, explains it. He yeah. has a uh, serious floppy neck Batman voice. Oh, best Batman. So we're we're in his office with men being gross. And this is the cool part. He's standing at the window with some jackass. <laughs> and the guy's like, look at that hot piece of ass down there. And he's referring to Gina. And he pulls out a a coin and he's like hey go give this to her and she'll show you her vagina and <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and and gina looks up from where she is across the street not in this enclosed building and looks right at them and it is so cool super eerie and then when billy leaves he runs into judge and officer hopely mm -hmm. and you get a lot more like these guys kind of suck. They're Billy, not so much. He's sort of playing it cool, but the judge is like super racist. Yeah, they, they all suck except for Billy, who yeah. seems like a chubby little kid that just wandered in and is like hanging out <laughs> with the big kids. He just has like that, like 
big goofy grin on his face all the time. <laughs> kind of love it. It's a it's an insane performance, but uh it's very entertaining. Speaking of performance, Josh Against my better judgment, I would like you to describe the show that Gina puts on for Billy outside of his office. They they catch each other's eye across the street, and there's like this moment, like he's he's giving her like kind of a playful face. (laughs) (laughs) The first, yeah, the first part of this movie, I would say that's a good way to describe his entire (laughs) acting style. Yes, the directors can give me playful face. Yeah. And uh, and Gina kind of fires like a a smile back, and then she pulls her shirt open and starts sticking her fingers down her bra like she's gonna pull her boob out. <laughs> I and really thought that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Like she just gonna pull her nipple out? What I, the hell? That was fine. I was on board for this, <laughs> but instead she pulls out a quarter, which is what he was given upstairs, and she holds it. And then he's like, he cuts back to him and he's like, ooh. <laughs> and then she maintains eye contact, goes down and slowly pulls her skirt up to reveal her high cut panties. Don't say uh, panties, don't Josh. Say That's what Come they on. are. No. What are the, her high cut underoos. That's better. See, it yeah. not, cannot be better. That's way better. <laughs> uh, and so if she flashes her underwear... Uh, and then drops her skirt and he gives another ooh face and then she drops her skirt and gives him the finger and spits at him. Okay, it, so my first note on this was, well, Gina seems nice. Like <laughs> She chose to give him that show. That's true. And then my second note was, he still came out on top. Yeah. He got the show. <laughs> I'm sure he's real hurt. She flipped him off. Yeah, we all won. We all won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the portrayal of Gina I thought was interesting because also when it starts out, the first time we see Gina, it's the scene where she's like surrounded by kids doing her slingshot show. Can we make an, a very important distinction that this yes. actress is not a teenager and she's not meant to be? Yeah, correct. Josh yes. was referring to a an adult woman's panties. <laughs> oh my god yeah. oh. that made it worse <laughs> you can't say it in a voice it's I, a, she did show him his <laughs> well now no one will ever say that word on a yeah, podcast it again. seemed more appropriate that they were a grown adult <laughs> Josh I hate it when you say <laughs> 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 This is a new kind of boner talk. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Panty Chat. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. What was I saying? Okay, she's surrounded by kids and she's like doing her show. And my first thought when I saw her was like, oh, she's not threatening at all. Just for the first shot, I was just like, interesting, because she seems just completely normal. Yeah. Which makes some of the the more violent stuff later pretty interesting. Yeah, I I agree. She seems like she's she knows how to work a crowd, good with kids, and then goes to crazy pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now okay. Now we are at the car scene that is so great that I forgot that other things <laughs> happened before it. And this part is just hilarious because as we're watching, just the funny. way they chose to do this, Heidi's giving him a blowjob and. Her head's, like, hitting the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her head's, like, coming all the way up before going all the way back down. And Billy, and I think this adds to his charm, 
sincerely looks like a woman has never touched him in his life. He looks terrified. He does. <laughs> There's... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. There's a moment that I just thought was so great because she's giving him a blowjob and she comes up and uh, starts talking to him and then he does this weird hand hover on her back and he's like tapping her back like get like back down there <laughs> it is a very weirdly platonic way to respond to roadhead he's like yup good job honey it's so weird and i i wonder because there's this whole thread about heidi possibly having an affair with dr tootsweet and i mm-hmm. wonder if they were trying to play to that like maybe these two don't have a great love life. I, I don't know. Maybe that's putting oh, too much thought into yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're given because uh, yeah. it definitely looks like he has definitely never had sex with his wife. Yes. And while they're driving, we were cutting back and forth between that and the Lemkes, Tadus and Susanna, in Stephen King's pharmacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have our camera. Uh, you mean Mr. Bangor? <laughs> Mr. Bangor. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> And so we see the scene happen because uh, I love these parts because the the effects. <laughs> the effects are the best part of this movie. Yeah. Susanna leaves the pharmacy and we get Billy's a little bit of what will be Billy's O face, mm-hmm. which turns into an O shit face as <laughs> the camera is that that classic uh, cartoon camera on the dashboard as we hit this lady and instead of running over her she barrels over the top of the Mm. car and lands and her head's all bloody and it cuts back inside and the windshield wiper turns on and it's wiping blood but it's leaving the face of a skull on the window oh so cool because i was so ready for it to be hysterical Mm -hmm. i wanted it to be really funny when I this think... old woman was run over by a car, <laughs> you started to Yikes. giggle, and then you I got did, serious. and then I was like, "Oh, this isn't, isn't that funny." <laughs> that old woman is dead. <laughs> then, yeah, the skull. I was like, I didn't know if I was imagining things until Josh reacted, and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and after this, we have follows the book pretty closely, adds a few scenes mm-hmm. here and there that I think support what the characters might have done had we had those scenes in the book. We have the trial. Hurts to see this happen, video format versus reading about it, because it's just so shitty, the the way that this family is treated. And Lemke comes and he lays down his curse and does not scamper away, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy who plays Lemke, let's talk about him, too. He is simultaneously four foot three and six foot seven. Yeah. That was another thing. I, I didn't know if I was imagining it. But the way they shoot him, it is very hard to get a grasp on how big this dude is. I think it's the way he embodies that character, too. I think when he Mm. wants to seem small and frail, he pulls it off. But he towers over Billy. The, The scene at the campfire, their first confrontation when Billy casts the curse of the white man from town... Yeah, there's this one moment where he approaches Billy and gets right up in his face. And up to that point, I would have sworn that he was like Danny DeVito size. (laughs) Honest to God. And he gets up in his face and I'm like, is did they have the actor stand on a 
box? Or is this guy really like eight feet tall? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout this, we also have everybody commenting on Billy's weight, both before he started to lose weight and during, and it's kind of shitty. It is, but also we don't get a scene with him not eating food until literally like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, they really play that up into him. This movie had to have been miserable to shoot for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking like, how many takes is he just shoveling food in his mouth? It was the most obvious in the scene where he first starts kind of losing it, where he flips out and is real weird at his daughter. Heidi comes out of the kitchen and just hands him a plate of whipped cream. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the first time I was like, oh, they had to just give a plate of whipped cream because he had to eat that plate a dozen times. And he was already like shoveling mashed potatoes in his face and stuff. Ugh. This movie does do a good job of showing us why Linda would be sent away by Heidi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that we get that goofiness at the top and then the way it ramps up his anger Mm -hmm. and like him kind of losing his mind Mm -hmm. is much more subtle than it is in the book. Yeah, it's so much more gradual and believable. Mm -hmm. We also, I have to just very briefly talk about the hilarious shower scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! The whole locker room (laughs) scene is amazing. And this is here so that we have the opportunity to see that something is happening with Judge Rossington as well. And they're in the shower facing each other. And what struck me is that Billy's standing there. And maybe it's because he's wearing a suit and he like couldn't feel what he was touching. I don't know. He's just in very slow, small circles, just kind of like caressing his stomach. Like the top of his belly. (laughs) This is the funniest fucking 20 seconds in the entire movie. Because this was pretty obvious. I'd like to think that the filmmakers were like, this is getting us that best makeup Oscar. (laughs) Because he's naked in this fat suit. Mm. And from certain angles, it's pretty believable. Yeah, it does a pretty good job. But also, when it cuts to in the shower, and it shows the judge who is, it's like a communal shower, they're at Mm -hmm. the gym or whatever. And the judge is showering like a normal person. (laughs) And then it cuts to Billy, who is standing sideways, just (laughs) staring at him, rubbing the very top of his tummy. Is that not how men shower? As as a fat man, uh, the solar plexus just gathers a lot, a lot of gunk. You got to clean right here. It's right at the top of the tummy. For our listeners, Ben is literally rubbing his tummy. For our listeners, you can imagine me run, rubbing the top of my tummy. For the rest of the episode. (laughs) Uh, Why would they do that? Hell, you can imagine that I've been rubbing my tummy in every episode. You can do that. I can't stop you. That's why our episodes are only an hour. (laughs) Earl's Ben will chase. I get get a rash after a while. Okay. (laughs) Requires more washing. It's a vicious cycle. (laughs) So the the movie continues. (laughs) It does. Following, again, pretty faithfully to the book, we have this, you know, more family scenes. We meet Dr. Houston, who does not 
snort anything during their meeting. He plays it straight. Maybe my biggest disappointment in yeah. the yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, you know who killed it? Lita Rossington. She <laughs> she answers the door yeah. and I was like, oh, she hammered. And she plays it up so well. Billy notices because he's out at restaurants eating. I don't know why, but... Yeah, it seemed like a country club or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe they had just golfed. Mm-hmm. He's noticed a couple of times that she is by herself, and that's unusual. And so he pays the visit. And this lady, they do it. They say what Lemke whispered to Carrie. <laughs> and I, I was like on the edge of my seat because she was doing such a fantastic job being so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Is she going to pull off saying lizard? What do you guys think? Did she pull it off? She achieved saying the words. She said all of her lines. I was too distracted by the fact that that in the earlier episode, Ben had guessed alligator, and he was really close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the problem with this movie. And I think I said it during our previous episodes, which is just the story alone of this book is stupid. <laughs> Like I said, I think in the last episode, like, try to explain the plot of this book to someone who doesn't care for Stephen King. And they'll be like, that can't be what this book is about. And that carries over into this movie a lot, where at a certain point, a drunk lady just says, yeah, my husband got cursed, got a lizard curse. And you just got to go, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yes. Uh, it, it did make me laugh. It's very funny. It's, ben, you really touched on something that I think is really, and I, I think it also explains to Sam's point that this movie consistently is like shit on and gets rated two stars. This is a movie you have to read the book. If I, I watched this movie without reading the book, I probably would have hated everything we just watched. And you also have to understand what the book is about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it's, it's not for us to enjoy. Right. Yeah. It is such a weird, it's such a weird piece of art to say, look, this isn't going to be fun, <laughs> but if you want to enjoy this at maximum potential, you have to read this book that you may or may not hate and then watch this movie you may or may not hate. I had a great time with this movie. Well, and people do that all the time with comedy. You know, think about Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Think about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Schitt's Creek. There are a lot of shows where these are just shitty bad people. Mm -hmm. And we delight in seeing the crap that happens to them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't personally really enjoy those shows. I don't usually watch stuff like that. I know it's good and I'm not criticizing it. Mm -hmm. But it's not my jam. I don't like to watch people, crappy people, get into crappy situations and do crappy things. A lot of people enjoy that. I think it's easier to digest that in those shows because it is infused with humor. Mm -hmm. This is very serious and dramatic, so it's harder for people to get on board with it. I agree with all of that, except I would amend that this is trying to be very serious and dramatic. Oh, it's hilarious at times. That's (laughs) what makes this movie work, is the weird (laughs) tonal shifts of it thinks it is a very serious movie about a man losing his sanity and morality or whatever. And it's really a fucking goofy B-horror movie. Mm. And you gotta just (laughs) deal with it. And him being kind of charming and goofy at first earns some goodwill Mm -hmm. in the movie, too. Yeah. Because you are 
Like, oh, I like this guy. I'm on his side. And then when he does that, that, you know, Batman voice, you're like, <laughs> oh. I think it was a, the right call on the screenwriter's part to make when he first starts losing his temper, he only loses it at Heidi. Mm -hmm. The first time he does full Batman voice to himself, it's about getting revenge on Heidi. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like they targeted all those little moments of madness. They gave everybody a, a thread to follow. Yeah. Billy does, like in the book, tell Heidi about the curse. They're driving and she almost gets a curse with a truck daddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I could form what I wanted to say uh, in my head and none of the right words came out. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> uh yeah, this I still don't understand why this happens. They they almost they're driving and she gets upset and then they almost get hit by a truck and it was sort of pointless, but it does lead him to remembering that Hopely exists, and he goes to his house, <laughs> where we see, I think I'm going to argue, the best makeup of the movie. The makeup was great, and the lighting, if we're ta like, talking on the technical stuff, the way they lit this whole scene, so that way when you see Hopely, until you get a good look, you're really just straining your eyes to be like, is that... Like, what is, is that warts? Is that whatever? Mm -hmm. And like, they hide his, his right arm and hand are like disgusting. And you I, see him he, move it a little bit. And so in some scenes, I just caught a glimpse and mm -hmm. I was like, I want to see the whole thing. It could have been darker. Grosser. And grosser. Yeah. I was going into this. Like I told you <laughs> guys, I turned to you guys. And I was like, this makeup is either going to be really good or really, really bad, and I don't know which one I hope it is. And honestly, it turned out, like, fine. It yeah. Oh, I, I amend. You're right. I'm sorry. Best makeup, Carrie Rossington, who we see later. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Holy shit. Okay, I'm going to out Josh and I to our listeners. There is a sequence later when Billy is on the road, and he is chasing <laughs> after the family and he is at a carnival, and they are there, and Gina's on stage, and she's doing her thing with Lemke, and he's guessing Billy's weight as he makes his way to the front of the crowd. And so she's going to give him a prize. And it's all it's all the dolls of these three men looking horrible. And, it, and I was so intrigued by that. I'm like, I want a Billy doll. It was so cool. They are very creepy dolls yeah. that they make. And it was funny because as uh, he's approaching the stage, you can kind of see this booth next to them. And I, you see them behind, but it's a really quick glimpse. And the Billy dolls, I was like, why the hell are there a bunch of David Byrne not ma uh, stop making sense dolls in that booth next to them? <laughs> Because it's just dolls of a very skinny dude in a giant suit. <laughs> That's a weird choice. <laughs> well, I was so taken with them mm -hmm. that I didn't recognize that this was a dream. <laughs> nope, and, me either. Yeah, and so she tosses in the doll and he gets freaked out and runs away. And then she comes screaming after him with her slingshot. And I'm thinking, wow, bold move. Like, don't they have appearances to keep up? She's just running at him. And then he gets in a car with Carrie Rossington, who just shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, get in, and his makeup is so it's awesome. so fucking cool, but this sequence is insane. <laughs> I Okay, and I still didn't realize 
It was a dream <laughs> until Ben had to tell me because Carrie's driving with Billy and they're crossing over this bridge. We should say what he looks like because he literally looks like a charred, blackened yeah. corpse. And his skin is falling off as he's talking Ooh, to Billy. It's so that cool. got me so cool. the best way. The, the piece of his cheek oh, falls off and it yes. looks like there's just a hole in his face. Radical effect. It was brilliant. I was very confused, though, when they're crossing this bridge, heading away from the carnival, and <laughs> Lemke's in a fuel truck coming at them from the opposite direction. <laughs> And Josh and I are like, what? And I'm like, how did he get? What is he? Like, he's super magic. And Ben's like, it's a dream. It's And I was still like, oh, no. And then Lemke showed up again driving a different vehicle. And I was like, all right, it's a dream. It's, to be fair, I kept going back and forth on it. The way this is shot is so bizarre mm-hmm. because... It does what the dream sequence at the end of the book does, where it starts off treating what is happening as real life. But then as it goes on, it keeps adding these very dreamlike. The dolls are very, it's very dreamlike. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, this has to be a dream. But then it kept going. (laughs) And at the point where Gina was chasing him out of the circus, I was like, how is this still happening? Is is this not a dream? Okay, fine. I guess they changed it to where this all, they had a bunch of dolls. Fine, whatever. I don't care. And then fucking Rossington shows up and I'm like, no. They can't. There was a split second where I'm like, are they going to make them like team up and do a buddy cop uh, movie for the rest of it? But no, it's just a crazy sequence. <laughs> it was one of my favorite scenes. It's yeah, very good. So then after that, we, you know, we follow the book again, does a pretty good job. We have our confrontation, which we already kind of talked about. And Billy gets the ball bearing through his hand. That scene hurt. Yeah, it did. Ooh, the sound effect they added to the ball bearing <sighs> tearing through his hand. And when he closes his fist, it's like mm-hmm. a, a sound of agony yeah coming from his bones <laughs> yeah and but then they when he he gives the curse of the white man from town goes back and in a gets, great scene yeah Ta- the guy that yeah. plays tad is mm-hmm. fucking knocks it out of the park Absolutely. i think he's the best actor in the movie yeah. honestly yeah and he goes home back to his hotel and there's blood everywhere and he calls janelli janelli gets him a doctor and then it cuts to that scene the next morning as the doctor's holding up his hand and the, you just see his eye oh. perfectly through the hole in his hand. And it's so fucking cool. It's a great effect because how? I, I thought that it was like a prosthetic hand, but everything else about the hand is, if, if it was a prosthetic, it was a good ass prosthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love practical effects. So many great practical effects in this movie. (laughs) Um, Speaking of practical effects, this is the last scene where I thought they didn't work. Because at this point, he's supposed to be at, what, 140 or something? This is the point where he is so thin that he is getting sick. Mm -hmm. And he's scaring people just by looking at him. Exactly. But in this scene... 
I think it was because of the casting of this doctor. <laughs> yeah. Who is a very small, thin man next to each other. This actor does not. He just looks right. like a healthy, healthy middle-aged man. And I wonder if that's why they really heavily laid on like that gauntness. Mm-hmm. His his skin color and just even the way he was acting, he mm-hmm. he seemed very sick, even though he did not look super thinner. Like I said, this is the last scene where because at this point I was like, oh man, is this gonna? How the fuck are they gonna make this guy? They did a good job making him fat. How the mm-hmm. fuck are they gonna make him thin? Yeah. And they do it. They figure it out. Yeah. Well, something that I didn't realize I would be happy about. So we we talked about the illustration in the book mm-hmm. that, you know, the, this that he's very skeletal and very scary. We we joked about uh, the machinist and, and <laughs> getting that skinny. And I didn't realize it until watching what they did here that because he's so big and gets so small so fast, he wouldn't be like that he'd have those that Mm. loose skin Mm -hmm. and so seeing that they since they couldn't physically make him disgustingly skinny giving him all that loose skin Mm -hmm. really played the other way and really made it work i thought yeah we don't ever see this actor's face without some sort of prosthetic on Mm. oh also another cool change well cool i shouldn't say that another change that they made that i think really worked for the movie is that billy was very very suspicious that Heidi and Houston were having an affair. It, it's another thing I think we talked about in the book episodes, didn't we? A little bit. That yeah. We were like, it were they it's supposed to be implied to have something going on. And it is very much just part of the story. Yeah, they lean into that. But it kind of helps to make you I don't quite want to say more sympathetic towards Billy. But his hatred for his wife makes a little more sense than just, well, you were very graciously, kindly, wonderfully <laughs> touching my penis, which you do not have to ever do. He was upset that she over animated the blowjob. <laughs> it's like it just becomes offensive after certain <laughs> points. <laughs> it's funny at first. <laughs> and then I'm very upset. Let's talk about the last few scenes with Janelli. What do you guys think? Because we loved him so much in the book. What do you think of his character in the movie? I like the character in the movie. It's not nearly as badass. No. But the amount, (laughs) the trade-off is less badass for having way more fun. Because (laughs) Janelli has a blast doing all this. He gets to hire a gas station prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) That. <laughs> <laughs> One of those uh, Midwest gas station gay gigolos. Yeah. yeah. He seemed really into Janelli, and I, I was into it. I was like, okay. I was, they had chemistry. They did. My biggest problem with Janelli is that we don't find out what happens to him. Yeah. Which is too bad. Or, or this gigolo. The last time we see him is Gina and... Her husband, brother. Her brother, husband. <laughs> no, that's who's in the front seat with a chicken in his mouth. No. Oh, yeah. I forgot we do see him later. I forgot because I blocked it from my mind. (laughs) It was cool. The rest of the effects are cool, but the effect they do to this guy is upsetting. Yeah. It looked like they... Like his eyes were dug out. We should see if that guy's okay. (laughs) (laughs) The the way they do like the the tit for tat with Janelli versus the Lemke and the Romani is really fast paced. Very cool. Mm-hmm. 
it just it, <laughs> they made some choices to pick up the pace. Like there's no driving to the airport. They just UPS him a gun, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. But that was my one of my favorite things is when he shows up with that in the book. It's this covert in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. He has we know the plan about the shooting, but because of the way he plays Chinelli, you have no idea what he's going to do with that gun <laughs> if any of that was intentional. But he just opens fire. And I love that. I feel like he knew it was going to happen when he pinned that note on uh, Gina's husband and sent mm-hmm. him out because he's all he's tied up and he puts a sign on him and they can't see. They can just see there's somebody over here. Despite the fact that it looks like he's 10 feet away in a brightly <laughs> lit yeah. uh, field. That could have <laughs> could have been designed better, I think. Uh, to really sell that moment. But he before he leaves, he puts the note on and throws him over the wall. So the husband is running back to his people. His people just think, this guy's charging us. And they shoot him. And it's amazing. It's a- another very good change. The-, the curse of the white man from town, it-, it looks like a curse. Maybe it's the creepy fucking notes he leaves everywhere. Yeah, yeah those are super creepy. I did like the that and then it cuts straight to him showing up as FBI to get mm-hmm. Gina. So they, they sped that part up, which <laughs> then, she will go so far with him, especially when like it's cut. So like literally it is he runs off smash cut. He's standing in front of Gina's trailer mm-hmm. and literally it's so bright when they have this gunfight. <laughs> and whereas in the book he's wearing lamp black, it's he's wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah. That's his disguise. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but be like, how do you not see? She holds up a picture of Billy and she's like, that's the guy that shot us. And I'm like, no, it's not. You <laughs> fucking idiot. Well, and he corrects her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He tells her it's not. He says, oh, we think he hired somebody. Come with me over here to the shed where I've parked my car. Because we've got him. You just need to identify him. Yeah, this whole part was very confusing. And then he slams her head into a ladder. Billy's there, and it's hard to tell where they are in relation to the camp. Yeah. God, the acid thing. It's like plays out the same way in the book. The He throws Pepsi at her, and she screams. And before she realizes what's happened, he's got the gun on her. And then while she's still laying on her back, he pulls out a second jar that looks almost (laughs) identical. And he's like, this one's the real acid. (laughs) And she gives him this look like, fucking fool me once. And then he pours some of it on her clothes and it burns. And then he just places the jar on her forehead. That was a tense scene. Which was so fucking cool. And he's like, if you move too fast or wrong, this is going to spill all over your face. Tell the old man to meet us at the lighthouse in at two, and we'll see you there. And then he holds it, and then he like does like a little jump thing at her to, <laughs> to make her flinch. And then he gets up and leaves. I was so hoping when he pulled out the second jar. First of all, hilarious. I I can't explain why. I was hoping so bad he would be like, "This is really acid," and then throw that in her face and be like, "Nah, it was soda." What are you gonna <laughs> <Again>. do? <laughs> I, I wish there was just a lengthy scene of him continually taunting her with jars of soda. What if he mixed up his jars? Right. 
Well, then she wouldn't be much of a problem because that first jar would have like, done oh, it. Oh, sorry, but can you still deliver this My, message? Uh, the only thing that I'm bummed out about is that I really enjoyed the back and forth with Gina and Janelli in yeah. the book, and there's they don't have there's no time to develop yeah. that. It, if they tried to do it in the movie, it would have dragged everything to it a screaming have. halt. Same with Janelli and Billy's back and forth mm-hmm. when he's explaining what happened, which I think right. is why he's with yep. him in these mm-hmm. scenes. That it just ties that together better visually. Yeah. So now we have our showdown at the lighthouse with Lemke and Billy and the pie. The pie effects are pretty cool. Did did you understand why we thought it was so vaginal in the book? With it this, could have been more vaginal in the movie. It could have been, but it was still when it was he, still when Tadas takes Billy's injured hand and Billy at this point has basically Halloween store ghost like yeah he's like gray makeup. he is gray but Ted takes his hand and stabs him oh. through his open wound with a knife and he twists, twists it. it there's like crunching sounds yep. it's awful but then he squeezes the blood over this pie and you can see the crust bubbling and I don't know the, that's uh, uh, you guys vaginas don't bubble. You you didn't think that all, all the bubbling and churning wasn't very vaginal? No. Not, I am so confused that you guys did. The other thing that I thought was cool that they changed was the ending. How okay, let's talk about God, good transition. So let's talk about what happens and then I'm curious if you guys like which one do you prefer, book or movie? Okay, so what happens is a little bit stupid. Just a touch <laughs> stupid because Billy calls home and he's like, Linda, go, I'm coming home. Go spend tonight with your friend because I got some stuff to work out with your mom. Put your mom on the phone. Hey, I'm not going to be home for a few days. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> because he had, you asked your daughter to go stay someplace tonight because you'll be home in a few days. That doesn't work. Yeah. He says he'll be home in a few days. He shows up in the middle of the night while she's irresponsibly has a fire going while she's sleeping with headphones on. That was fucking weird. <laughs> I thought it was effective because that scene, him walking into the living room, she's laying on the couch and he's looming over her. It's very threatening. Is this where yeah. he says the line? And he he wakes her up by doing the hand motion that Tadas had done to him to mm. curse him. And he calls her white woman from town. Yeah. She can't hear him because of the headphones. But yeah, she wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I got to go to bed. But I'm me again and I'm silly. And he kind of <laughs> like puts on the happy face and tells her that he got her a present and go check it out. I'm going to go to bed. I love you. All that. And the, okay. <laughs> I don't like when she's calling out from the kitchen. She's like, oh, is it strawberry? And he says, yeah. And she's like, it's my favorite. And he's like, I know. And then he turns to us. <laughs> right down the barrel of the camera. And he does his Batman voice. And I don't even remember what the line is, it, but it's dumb. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it's yeah, like, it's, it's something akin to getting even is about yeah, it's eating. All, <laughs> he's yeah, he's, he's like getting. I think he says getting even's what it's all about. You 
bitch. Yeah. And it is such a shitty rewrite. It it just sounded so much like a studio note Mm. that the studio was like, we have to really get it across. Well, that they're not going to understand that the pie is a curse, so we or, have to make yeah. sure that. Yeah. yeah, we have to. We have to show that he's not really okay yeah. with her. The we audience to, knows the pie's vaginal. Oh my god! But <laughs> do they know it's cursed? We should tell yeah, them. It, it's not a good line reading. Mm-mm. No, but it is made up for when they wake up the next. Yes, day. so cool. He he wakes up and he like. Rolls over and he sees the the top of her head, her hair sticking up as we all sleep with our covers up to our forehead. Yes. Uh, and he rolls over and he's like, hey, so uh, did you have some of that pie? Oh, I bet you did. And I am I am uh, chanting, please be a skeleton. Please be a skeleton. I was hoping so much it was literally just like a department <laughs> store skeleton. Like a Halloween skeleton with a bad wig on. But it was a really cool effect, though. It was instead a really, really gross, bloody corpse. A badly decomposed corpse. Yeah. Who he kisses on the mouth. It's barely a kiss because her mouth is like hanging open, bloody. Uh, For a second, I thought all of her teeth were missing. It's awful. And he bends over and we can't see it, thank God. <laughs> but it looks like she he like sucks yep. something yep. out of her some, mouth. Some pie. Yeah. He's like, mmm, strawberry. Better not eat too much of it. It is oh. gross. So the thing that got me the most about that corpse was there looked it looked like something was pouring out of the left eye and dried onto the side of the face. And that like got me like so bad. I just couldn't stop staring at it. I was like, this is disgusting and I love it. You know what got me hard? Tell me. Wait, what now? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Phrasing. I'm I'm sticking with it. Was it that pie? (laughs) No, it's not a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) When he goes downstairs... And you see the look on his face that something is terribly wrong. And of course, we know what it is because we read the book. But he sees Linda's belongings on the chair and he's like, oh, no, she came home and she is there. And she runs in and it's like, hey, daddy, uh, you know, I want to talk to mom because things haven't been good between us because of everything that she's put you through. And so we made up and I had a piece of your breakfast pie. <laughs> and then she dips her finger in it oh. and and eats a, a dollop. And then runs off, and he is like, oh, my God. The first time I watched this, I thought that's where it was going to end, because Mm -hmm. he's looking at the pie, he's crying, and he picks up the fork, and he takes a forkful, and he's about to put it in his mouth when the doorbell rings. Yes, he goes to the door, and both of them equally surprised, because (laughs) the doctor's outside, and he's like, oh! Hey, up until Billy? then, I wasn't sure if the affair was real. That made me think it was. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, right before this, Sam, your husband had walked in most of the way through the movie. He had asked, Oh, are they, are <laughs> yeah. they fucking? Right before this. And we were like, Nah, there's been no real evidence of that. <laughs> and then the doctor shows up and he's like, Oh, this is awkward. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This kind of muddies the water yeah. a bit. Yeah, she was, she was upset, so I thought I'd stop by this morning to check on her. And he's like, hey, man, 
I would do the same thing in your position. Don't worry. I'm totally fine. Breakfast pie? <laughs> the fact that he literally keeps calling it a breakfast pie <laughs> is so funny. Pie becomes the meal you're having it during. That's, that is true. No matter what type of pie, if you're eating Lunch it in the morning, pie. breakfast yeah. pie. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Houston says okay, comes in to have a piece of pie. Do you guys think that Billy ate it with him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I think well, I think Billy watched him eat it, then had some. I don't yeah. think he ate the, it together. I think he really wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that uh, Houston ate his. Okay, so here's something about the ending because this is that's how the mm-hmm. movie ends: is Billy shutting the door with his goofy Kubrick stare. <laughs> but here's the only thing I could think about after the ending: his daughter ate the pie for breakfast. She had not, she'd come home the night before, but she says that she ate the pie for breakfast because his wife's already fucking decomposed. Mm-hmm. Tata says, whoever eats this pie will die quickly and horribly. So if the pie kills you overnight, his daughter just ate a slice of this pie and then runs off to soccer practice. What the fuck is that soccer team going to witness? That's what I thought about, too. A a bunch of kids are going to be traumatized. Is this girl going to just, like, rot in front of them? I don't. I was wondering if she would even make it to soccer. I I mean, you have to figure if the the pie works overnight. Eh. (sighs) Who knows? But yeah, that is super disgusting. Just standing there playing goalie and then just collapses and shrivels into a corpse. Whatever that goo that came out of her mom comes out of her, too. It's the pie goo. Oh, and then someone kisses her, which is weird. <laughs> can, uh, can I do one before yeah. we get to ratings? Sure. I just wanted to think, yeah, talk to you guys about what you what you would think about a remake. I would love a remake. Because throughout the whole movie, all I could think was the, the book, not my favorite. But this could be an extremely good movie. I, I truly believe that, but it would need the right director who would actually make it about what it should be about, which is fucking white supremacy. Because the whole like white man from town thing barely works. Mm-hmm. It's like y- you kind of get what they're saying, but I want to see a version that is objectively on Tada's side, more or less. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would love to see this movie remade starring Christian Bale, directed by Jordan Peele. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How fucking good would that movie be? That would be be amazing. That'd be so fucking great. Christian Bale would die because he would go from Chaney to the machinist. Yeah. (laughs) IRL. Yeah. But I want to watch that movie. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Holy shit. That'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, this movie, pretty good. I give it three out of five blue chambray shirts. Nice. Yeah. I, I I said earlier, I think this movie gets shit on because you, you have to read it to really get everything and for everything to make sense. I feel like having said that, I really enjoyed this movie. I did not think I did not think I would enjoy the book, did not think I would enjoy this movie. And I was wrong. This movie was a lot of fun. The practical effects were great. Some of the acting choices were definitely choices. But it is a rock-solid four out of five blue chambray shirts. I also thought this was a really great movie. It was a really faithful adaptation. Yeah. And the things that they 
changed, made sense. I was not upset about a single change at all. The parts that cracked me up were not supposed to crack me up, but that has (laughs) its own charm for Mm. me. Agreed. I'd watch it again, and I would also give it five out of five blue chambray shirts. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode, where we will be reading The Dead Zone, which was a Patreon selection from Jared Hazelwood, and we will be reading through Chapter 14. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn reminding you, justice is about justice. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thanks for listening to Thinner Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. Special shout out to our amazing Patreon supporter, Kevin Sundstrom, for selecting Thinner for our Patreon selection series. Kevin, thank you so much. We had a blast and we sincerely appreciate your support. If you want to know how to get your pick next on our list, join us on patreon.com slash dairypublicradio at our $50 tier, or you can make a one-time donation of $50 to our PayPal if for some reason you don't want all the other perks of our tiers. And another shout out again to a wonderful patron, Michelle, for requesting that we do a haiku for our final episodes, which I'll include in the outros. So here you go. Ran over someone, making this the worst hand job. Eat your guilty slice. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.